Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Well, I gotta say, the only thing better than watching your bets hit is watching them in person. I'm Brandon Monroe, and alongside me is Mark Chavez. We'll get to the bets soon. Good week there, for once at least for us. But we're going to jump right into the Xfinity Series at New Hampshire Cup and Xfinity, both in the Granite State this week. Saturday, uh, we saw a real wacky race. Uh, first two stages, pretty calm. It looks like, hey, you know, William Byron's going to be the guy that takes over this race. And then at the beginning of stage three, everything just went spiraling out of control for the 88 and a lot of other contenders. Yeah, I mean, it started off crazy, ended calm, but in between there was a lot of comers and goers, a lot of different people that looked like would be the one that took home the checkered flag. Ultimately, it was Justin Allgaier who did take home his third checkered flag of the season. Yeah, Allgaier, I don't know if he had the best car. Um, You know, he did have a little bit of an incident earlier in the race. Took a little time, a little bit of time for him to get back up there. Um, I'd have to say, obviously, William Byron. <clears throat> William Byron looked like he was the car to beat. Uh, first, he had a tire issue at the beginning of stage three. Went a lap down, was able to get some yellows, and right when it looked like he was going to be able to get back up there and and finish it off, he had what they deemed was electrical problems. Car basically just lost power. So, really rough situation there for him. Also, Ty Gibbs, while he was very fast at the end of the race, unfortunately, he was multiple laps down after having some issues. He led 49 laps, which I believe actually was a race high. It looked like at you know points during the race as well. He was probably going to have the car to beat. Finished second in both stages. Probably should have won stage one, but a late yellow there, which was uh, for Justin Allgaier when he got into uh, Julie Landauer. Uh, you know, we had a couple of different strategy calls there. The 39, Orion Sieg stayed out. Picked up a very important stage win, gave him 10 points and a playoff point, so that's good for Ryan Sieg. But, you know, just everything in stage three, I'll say it was a good day for Ryan Sieg. Unfortunately, it didn't end so well as he was in a big crash that resulted in a red flag when Josh Berry and Sheldon Creed got together. And I know both of us looked at this multiple times. We don't really see what Sheldon Creed did wrong here. But if you listen to the drivers, whether it be on the scanners at the track like I did or in the interviews like you saw on TV like you did, they appeared to just put all the blame on Sheldon Creed for this one. Yeah, it was it was weird. I don't know if this is a thing where just he's done stuff this year that people blame him for, that he hold they hold against him. I'm I'm not really sure what. It was definitely weird though, because it was seemed pretty clear that Basically, all of them blamed Creed for it, so that was definitely strange. I mean, you you look on the replays from you know the TV broadcast and realize I think it was like the overhead one. Creed really held his line on what was a you know white and blue painted line down there in turns one and two. Barry came down a little bit. They made a little bit of contact, but I didn't see Creed go up. I didn't see him go out of his way to knock Barry, and you know, unfortunately, it clogged the track and. You know, a lot of guys had nowhere to go. Uh, Ryan Sieg obviously got into Josh Berry, and then he got plowed from behind by Jeb Burton. Got tossed up in the air pretty high. <laughs> I haven't seen a car get that uh, 
airborne at New Hampshire in a long time. You know, very rare at a track like that. You see some hard hits like you know, we saw on Saturday. Uh, not long after that, we had the 19 car Brandon Jones take a lick on the front stretch when AJ Allmendinger got into it with Alex LeBay. Another just mistake there. AJ cleared himself. Yeah, AJ. I mean, his uh, talked about a little bit with his spotter. Basically, uh, his spotter didn't say he wasn't clear, so AJ took it upon himself to decide that he was clear. Uh, so certainly, uh, unfortunate situation for everyone else involved, and I'm sure it certainly uh, does not feel great having your race taken from you just because of uh, mistakes from drivers that should not be making these mistakes. These mm-hmm. are not mistakes that AJ. Uh, Almaning or Justin Algar should be making. And yet, here we are. Uh, took two people out of the race that... I mean, and that AJ had caught other people involved in it, too, that yeah. were just kind of minding their business, weren't really doing anything wrong. I mean, like, Alex Lay was having a decent run. I know with Julia, when she got into it with Algar, she's just staying out of her way. You know, you hear on the broadcast, like... I, I saw a lot of people on social media sounding like, they were acting like, oh, they were going out of their way to defend Allgaier, but I didn't take it like that. To me, it sounded like they're more or less blaming Allgaier for just expecting the 45 car to go higher up into the wall. And when that didn't happen, he just took the racetrack for himself and ended up spinning the 45 into the inside wall. So a tough break for uh, Landauer making her first Xfinity start. After all the craziness there in stage three, you know, things began to settle out and Justin Allgaier ended up winning the race, and we had some good finishes from Landon Castle and Noah Gregson. Oh, wait, they got disqualified. Yeah, height, height six issues for both of them, I believe. Uh, Gregson was too low in the front. Uh, JGR already announced they will not be appealing that, and I believe uh, Castle was too low. In the rear, I don't know if a colleague has made an announcement about what they're going to do. Yeah, I know. I think both, like you said, JRM and colleague, they announced that they aren't going to be appealing those. Really tough break for Landon. I know. Tough break for Noah Gregson as well, but I don't really think anybody would feel too, too bad for Noah Gregson given the year he's had. Castle really needed, you know, this type of run. Like, well, he does have a pretty good buffer in terms of points to you know, get into the playoffs. He's not locked in by any, you know, imagination. So he needed something and they've had a rough year and it could have been a really good, you know, momentum building race for him. And instead, I think a lot of people are going to look at it and just say, well, he was running so fast because the car was illegal, which is pretty unfortunate for him. Also pretty unlikely too. Uh, But it was, I mean, Hey, at least he didn't win the race. Yeah. That would have been uh, highly unfortunate had he uh, taken home the win here. So. I know. But. I was going to say, I I don't know. I was just going to say, like, I know you probably have a list of drivers to talk about that ended up getting good finishes just through all the incidents and being able to keep it clean and. You know, putting together a good day for well, a lot of people yeah. we don't normally hear of. And I was going to say, all these travels for the various drivers, uh, Gibbs and uh, Byron having their issues, Gregson and Castle DQing, uh, Hammer getting involved in the crash, Almendinger getting involved in the crash, Mayer, uh, 
Brandon Jones, list goes on and on. Josh Berry uh, has led to a pretty, pretty unusual top five. Wasn't the the craziest? Well, top actually it was. Yeah, even it was. Even was. It wasn't initially, but then with Gregson and Castle's DQs, it became pretty interesting. So obviously, first off. Uh, someone that's not all that shocking, Trevor Bain, finished second. Has four top fives and just six starts, uh, which sets him up the most of any of the three guys that have spent the majority of their time, actually I think all the time, in the uh, 18. Funny enough, it's actually six starts between the three of them. Uh, John Hunter, Ryan Truex, and Trevor Bain. He has the most top fives of any of them with four. And he also has more top fives than... Landon Castle, Brandon Jones, and Daniel Hammercap so far this year. Uh, also, you know, at least in that case, in better cars than they are. I, I think that's pretty easy to argue, but I think it just, and he's done it in only six starts. Only six starts, he has the same, he has more top fives than any of them. So, uh, getting in into some of the crazier ones, Brandon Brown, we haven't even talked about him for a hot minute there. It looked like Brandon Brown might steal a win here. He was flying. <laughs> he was flying there. Came in, got fresh tires pretty late. I think he restarted 13th and within an instant drove up into fifth or sixth. Uh, got by Gregson, but as his tires wore, Gregson got back by him. Settled in, I think, crossed the line fourth. Obviously, got third with Gregson's DQ, but this ties uh, the first Phoenix race back in 2021 for his best non plate finish. And this is his first top five of the season. So after making the playoffs last year, uh, they've been struggling a bit this year. Did they make the playoffs last year? Brandon Brown? Yeah. No, he didn't. He, two years ago, he made the playoffs. Two years ago, he made the yeah. playoffs. Last year, won a race. Uh, so, been pretty down since then this year. Uh, but did get a top five here. Uh, Jeremy Clement, similar story, obviously. Uh, didn't win a race last year, but did make the playoffs last year, if I remember right. Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure I was right in one of them. <laughs> um but his best finish since Pocono of 2020, which was a similar race. It was a lot of contenders taken out in that race, but still capitalized on the opportunity given to him. Uh, also, his first top five of the season. Rounding out the top five uh, is Sheldon Creed. Also, crazy enough with his first top five of the season. And did not as much as he wanted to on C, but because of Castle, it, it didn't look like actually a great day for him, in all honesty, uh, at first. He gained a lot of points on Sieg, but actually only gained 16. It felt like he gained a lot, but Sieg won the stage, got stage points in the other one. Uh, So despite Sieg getting caught up in Josh Berry's accident, finishing 30-something, Creed only actually made up 16 points on him. But with Cal, actually I think it was one less with, I think it was initially 15. Uh, But with Castle's DQ and Gregson's DQ, uh, Creed now makes up 32 points on Castle. Castle's actually moved to the cut line which we'll talk a little bit about later. Uh, so it was wound up being a pretty okay day for him. If this kind of thing keeps happening, he'll manage to point his way in. That feels pretty unlikely still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, solid day. And looked like he maybe would win the race at one point. Yeah. No, I mean, there was a stretch there where he got out front, you know, and it, it looked like maybe, maybe Sheldon Creed was going to turn everything around. Kind of similarly to Eric Amarola in the Cup Series last year, but it just wasn't meant to be. But at least he was able to finish the race, which is something we haven't been able to say a lot about him lately. Uh, Ty Dillon in six for Big Machine Racing. This is their 
first of all, Ty Dillon's first start for them uh, this year brings it home six. Uh, ahead of Austin Hill in the RCR car and right behind Sheldon Creed. So still, I think still shows Ty Dillon certainly not a cup-level talent, but isn't talentless either. There's a spot for him in the sport somewhere. Uh, but for that car, this is their third top ten in the last seven races, which is when about when they uh, stopped having Buford in it full-time. Uh, they had just one in the first 11. So they had a couple good races, too, that had bad finishes. Uh, a couple with Reddick, I think, uh, in between there. But they're on the way out. That car certainly next year, if they found a driver, I think, depending how the rest of the seats shake out, could be one of those cars contending for those one or two spots that truly feel available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Because, like, Brandon Brown, Jeremy Clemens, you know, they've both won races. We see them in the top ten occasionally. But then after Ty Dillon, I guess actually after Austin Hill finished seventh, there are some names we are, if we're used to seeing them, it's not where they finished, that's for sure. Uh, Kyle Weatherman brought it home eighth. Funny enough, he has three top tens. All of them have been eighth. So tied his career high finish. Uh, best ever finish for Jesse Iwuji Motorsports. Uh, I don't know the specifics of if... You know, Jesse Awuji, his sponsorship is contingent on him being in the car. But in terms of results, I mean, I think it's pretty clear putting Kyle Weatherman in this car is the best thing they could do. He had, I think, like a 12th place finish uh, in this car earlier. I don't remember where, but earlier in the year as well. So uh, car certainly has some speed. Would be best if he could put someone else in it. Darlington was that 12th place finish. So, yeah, that's a that's a driver's track. So... There's definitely something there with probably the equipment seems okay. And if you have somebody like Weatherman in the car, who's definitely a lot better than Jesse Awuji. Uh, bringing it home ninth, it, Mason Massey. Uh, got a top 10 courtesy of the DNQs, but top 10s are top 10s. This is just his second top 10 of his season and his career. Uh, and the first top 10 on a non-plate track for him. Uh, Bringing it home 10th was Bailey Curry for just his second career top 10, first top 10 of the season. Uh, Also finished top 10 at Phoenix uh, last year, the first Phoenix race. So solid run for him. Uh, It's been full-time. Hasn't been a great year for him. Uh, But by far his uh, best finish. Looks like his other best finish this year. Second best finish is now 15th at Charlotte. Uh, in 11th was David Starr, his fourth best finish of his career, his best, non, his best finish on a non-plate track, and his best finish since uh, Daytona 2 back in 2017. So a name that's been around, you know, been racing a lot, but doesn't necessarily have the finishes, uh, but was able to steal a good one here. Uh, Joe Graff Jr., this was also his fourth best finish of his career and his best finish at a non-plate track, uh, finishing 12th. Uh, so it's uh, not his best finish on the year. Did get a top 10 at Dega earlier in the year, but still another solid finish. Uh, CJ McLaughlin, his best finish of the career, bringing a 13th and just his second top 20 of his career. First since uh, the second Texas race back in 2020. And Patrick Emmerling, someone we actually talked about who might have a decent run here. Finished 16th for his best career finish and doesn't have a ton of starts, but uh, good finish there. And 
uh, Howie DeSavino III, I think that's how you say his last name, brought his home 17th, which is his uh, set, uh, top 20 just his second career start. But for Alpha Prime, I almost feel like you have to sit here and wonder what could have been. Uh, the cars that finished like basically in almost the entirety 10 spots before them are cars that they have routinely beat all year. Had probably the two least experienced drivers that they've had in the car this year. And I, I think they possibly cost themselves two top 10s, to be honest. I think I saw Ryan Ellis on Twitter mention that to where, like, you know, if he had a shot there, like, what could have been? And you, you sit there and you agree. The, the guys in front of him, like, there were a couple in there, although they had ish, they had damage, so that's why they finished there. Uh, Sam Mayer, I actually don't know if Brett Moffitt uh, had damage, but he finished 14th. Uh, but Sam Mayer had damage. So there's a couple guys in there that they do normally run behind, sure. But all the rest of these guys, basically from eighth back, uh, I assume Jeremy Clements also took tires late. I actually don't know. I believe he did. Not but, 100% sure. But, but I, I, I would know. guess he did. So excluding those two, like Kyle Weatherman on back, basically. All drivers in cars that uh, uh, the uh, Alpha Prime usually beats. So you have to sit here and wonder if they could have maybe stolen two top tens that they had, you know, Stefan Parsons, who's ran pretty well for them. Ryan Ellis, who's ran very well for them uh, in the cars there. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, sponsorship pays the bills. So sponsorship determines what's who gets the ride, but does feel kind of like a what if. And I think it certainly supports the idea that I think that if they, I don't know that they're quite there, but I think they're right there with our motorsports. If they have, one of these more talented people in the car full time next week or next year. I mean, sorry. Uh, anyone else you want to highlight? I know I highlighted most of them just cause it was pretty, pretty abnormal top top 20. Yeah, no, I mean, that's something that you don't see every day. Definitely not quite to the level of one of our favorite WTF Top five, top tens, which is that 2007 Coca-Cola 600. This, this top 10 overall <laughs> might beat that. That it, top five, it beats that is this true. top for sure. This top 10 might be that top 10. That, that, that is true. This is, that's, that's how far out there this top 10 was. Um, I, I think I'm just going to throw some love to Patrick Emmerling here. Uh, did follow up that 16th place finish by running the modified race and came... I don't know, a couple feet from winning that before he got turned on the front stretch and was practically a four-wide photo finish with cars going backwards and stuff. I said it the other day, you got to get up to New Hampshire to watch a modified race. They they always put on a show. They definitely did after the Xfinity race on Saturday as well. But, you know, solid day for Emerling. Got a top 20 in the Xfinity race and almost got that New Hampshire win in the modifieds as well. Uh, Derek Griffith. Another New Hampshire guy or lo- local guy. He is from New Hampshire. Um, driving for Sam Hunt. Did finish two laps down, but did come home 18th. So strong showing for him. Did have some issues. Did spin out, but an okay day. You know, when you're young like Griffith is, you just want to go out there and try to log laps and not cause any problems. And he did bring the car home in one piece. So definitely one of his better showings in the 26 car. I so wish far. someone can figure out what is this 26 car. I mean, I, I was beginning, so like Griffith to me, I don't know where he stacks up in terms of, you know, 
NASCAR. Yeah, the that's NASCAR true. Series. That's true. He's a, he's a pretty good late model racer, you know. So he always has that to fall back on if you know this doesn't work out for him. But I don't know where he stacks up. I liked what I was beginning to see with them with Jeffrey Earnhardt over the last couple races. Granted, one of those was Atlanta, but they had a pretty solid run at Nashville, and that was one where kind of made me go like, okay, maybe this is uh, maybe we're getting somewhere with this team because Jeffrey Earnhardt a top ten at Nashville. I believe he finished seventh that race. Think he did. Oh uh, yeah, he got a top ten. I'm, yeah. I don't remember exactly where, but so I mean that he was he had a pretty solid run there. I mean I I think Jeffrey Earnhardt <laughs> I, I might get some crap for it, but like the way some people talk about him, they want to act like he's a complete scrub. He's not. He had good runs when he had opportunities with uh, Joe Gibbs Racing a couple years ago. I'm not saying he's gonna set the world on fire. I don't even know if he you know win multiple races in NASCAR in general, but. He's not awful. He's okay, at least in my opinion. I think he's a, you know a serviceable driver for the equipment that he's been running in. So for him to get a top ten, that makes me feel like yeah, maybe this equipment is a little bit better. Um, again, Griffith's probably the hardest one to kind of stack up, just because he is you know he has less experience and it's hard to gauge where he's gonna slot in with everything. But I think if you had somebody full time in this car. It's probably battling for one of those last playoff spots. If you had John Hunter Nemechek in that car, it's probably in the playoffs right now, in my opinion. John Hunter, I would definitely say for sure, based on what we've seen there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I just happened to be on uh, Alpha Prime's uh, Twitter, and I did not know they do this, but every week it seems like they do update their Twitter to who will be in the car. So we do know next week, and this is... Well, so Roger Cruz will be in the 44, and Sage Karam will be in the 45 at Pocono. I like Raja in the car next week just because that's going to give him an opportunity on a bigger track. I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's been running ARCA full-time, so he's had, had a, has had a couple opportunities, but it's good to see him get track time at a, a track like Pocono, very unique, high speed, so that should be good. Stage uh, Karam at Pocono, that's... I, I give him a lot of credit. I will choice. say that. I give him a lot of credit for racing there. I, I will say that. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean that in a bad way. I'm I'm surprised he's actually No, that's my there. No, I, yeah. I know, I know. I just I agree. Like yeah. it's, I uh, I give him a lot of credit there. Uh yes, looking well. at the points battle. At this point, I'm not going to really continue to talk that much about the the cut line unless one of these guys has another week like they had this week. I mean, there are actually three guys that are close to being back within a race uh after Landon Castle's DQ. Uh, Brandon Brown is now 61 back, so good. He's had a good, nice little recovery. Uh, Sheldon Creed is 63 back. Anthony Alfredo is 69 back. This is the first time in a while that Alfredo is not 13th in points. Uh, but I still think he's consistently done the best in our motorsports car. Moffat might have some more speed sometimes, uh, but then he just usually seems to find something to go wrong and. I, I think Jeb Burton's just been kind of bad in the car. So it's been very disappointing in that car, in my opinion. Uh, looking at the more interesting battle right now, the championship lead battle after his accident and Allgaier's win, Almendinger only leads Allgaier now by 16 points, uh, Ty Gibbs by 28. So that's continuing to tighten up. We will have one more road course in the regular season where we fully expect Almendinger to gap 
get put uh, build a gap on everybody. But right now, I think it's based on the speed they've all had. This is Allgaier or Gibbs' uh, championship to lose. I think. I I would agree, but they just they keep shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, they even Allgaier, even though he won the race, he got lucky. Almendinger pretty much wrecked himself, or else you know he's probably closer to 30 points back right now, which he could definitely overcome that with how he's run. I think, what, that's like three wins in the last eight or nine races? Like, they're on a pretty good hot streak right now. But they have to clean it up, or else they're, they're just not going to get there. It feels like yeah, every time they, they start getting close, something happens. I, I will say, Allgaier, I think, I disagree 100% on this. I'll give you Ty Gibbs on this, because he has been, like, right there. Yeah, Allgaier would have, like, Almendinger finished 20th, so if he had run top 15... He would have gained like another, or top five would have gained like another 15 points. But dating back to Dover, the only finish Algar has worse than seventh is 12th at Road America, where uh, Almendinger didn't even win. So they, since they had their issue while leading the race at Talladega, not an issue that's their fault, they have been rock solid. I will uh, say there, there are a couple other have... races in there where he got good finishes, but they they didn't you know completely execute. I guess like sure, Arlette, he probably finishes second. That, but I mean that's issues. that's I don't it was a, a racing thing. It wasn't like anyone. This wasn't a pit crew issue. I mean you just you get flat tires sometimes. Yeah, was that because he hit the wall though? I mean because he was. I don't know if he hit the wall or if he had contact with Barry. They were racing though. Yeah. Race, race and, and that's still that's five points that he, that he wanted to give up. That's how good they've been. They still got back to finish seventh. So I think right now, if I was a betting man, I'd put money on all uh, on the all guy to win the regular season championship. Which, funny enough, uh, I'm, I'm sure you didn't see this because you were at the race. Well, actually, I guess since you're at the race, you might have heard it. Uh, depending on if you were still paying attention, but he kind of said he doesn't want to win the regular season championship. Because the one time he won the regular season championship, they went on to have the worst playoffs they've ever had. I mean, that's that's probably superstition, you know. If, yeah, if sure, sure. Allgaier, he's not going to not try to win. Yeah, he's not going to try. He's not going to throw it away. But like, I get why he's saying that. But those five points, you know, difference between first and second that could really come in handy. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? It's not really just five points. Like on Almendinger, who is a legitimate championship four contender. Especially if Colin finds just a little something, it's a ten-point swing. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you look right now. If you go on NASCAR.com, they actually have like the playoff seating with the actual playoff points they get from the regular season. And if you flip-flop Justin Allgaier, you know, and AJ Allmendinger, Just Allgaier's number one seed right now. He has one less playoff point when you factor in where they're slotted in the standings right now to Ty Gibbs, actually. Who has 31, Allgaier's at 30, then Almendinger 27. So, I mean, that 10-point that swing, it gets you the number one seed, it drops Almendinger back. Like, there's there's a lot that could happen there. And, uh, I mean, Almendinger, Gibbs has been inconsistent, but I think it says a lot that with his inconsistency, he's still only 28 points back. If he also gets by Almendinger, like, that's a pretty big blow for him. Mm-hmm. Because he only has 12 uh, locked up playoff points right now. Two stage wins and then two race wins. You can, or I guess there's actually my my uh, mistake. There are two more road courses. I forgot about the Indy road course. Uh, I think most of us wish we could forget about the Indy road course, but I do too. I mean, it hey, is I mean, what, 
I wouldn't even give, you know, AJ Watkins Glenn as good as he is there. I mean, no, that, that's true. That's true. There last that's, year. It's certainly possible. Yeah. Just saying, those are his two best shots. Those are his two best shots. Uh, Colleague needs to find something, and they've seemed a little bit better. I mean, today was on an oval, probably, or I guess Saturday, not, not today, but probably. I know Castle wound up getting DQ'd, but Hembrick had some speed there before uh, he had that i think he lost a tire racing with sheldon creed so maybe that's the kind of maybe creed's done that to other people that's why they all blamed him uh and, and omdinger had some speed before he put himself in the wall so it was a good race for them but we'll see what they have going forward yeah it's gonna be very interesting over these next couple weeks uh i'm with yeah i i'm with you i think all guy could probably get there within the next race or two barring any problems well that's the other thing they have like Eight more races still, I think, before the playoffs. No, they have they have a ton. I mean, that's really what we're going to be focusing on here in the Xfinity series. Because unless something crazy happens, you know, the, which the we were line, close, we yeah. were close, we we're close, and then we would have had it taken away. Because <laughs> well, Castle doesn't doesn't change the cut line. We were but, close with Creed. oh, true, true, yeah, no, Creed and, and Brandon Brown and, and Brandon. Brandon Brown for a minute. Yeah, yeah, but it'll it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to at least see that championship battle between those guys and I mean, really that's probably it. Cause there's a pretty big drop off between Ty Gibbs and Josh Berry. So it's probably a three horse race. And honestly, if, if you want to throw out Almendinger and just say, like you said, between Allgaier and Gibbs, that, that could very well be how it's going to go down over these next two months or so as they get close to the end of their regular season. Now, moving over to the cup series, you know, a couple weeks ago, I believe it was Bob Pockris, he asked Denny Hamlin about the possibility of getting 16 or more different winners, and Denny laughed at him and said, well, we'd be lucky to get to 14. And here we are. I guess we were lucky. I guess we got lucky. Because <laughs> Christopher Bell has joined the Winners Club this year. I know you mentioned it, and we'll, again, talk more about it when we, we get to the bets. but Christopher well, Bell, can, was, that was an easy... We can talk hit. about new car all yeah. we want, but some things never change. This kid was good in the truck series here. He was good in the Xfinity series here. There was no reason to not think he couldn't pull it off today. And while he didn't have the best car throughout most of the day, he had the best car when it counted. Oh, pit, you know, pit crew made the right adjustments there. He, I know at the end of stage two, because it looked like, you know, Martin Truex Jr., shout out to him, you know, dominated stage one, dominated stage two, but it looked like it was getting close there. It looked like Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott were both making gains on the 19 car, who had just the dominant car all day. Couple late yellows, some pit stops. Things don't really work out for him. He gets caught in traffic, and that's that's really it for Truex, unfortunately. Well, I mean, it was the the two tires really killed him and Harvick. Yeah, they that, wound up they wound up recovering for a top five, mostly because like three cars in front of them still had to pit. Say Kevin gas. Harvick also getting into Austin Dillon probably didn't do him any favors either. But uh, fair, but they uh, that's ultimately what killed them because that's what allowed Chase because it kind of leveled off. They had passed back a couple people that did pass them early on. Uh, but then Larson took no tires. That completely killed his race. Uh, not, not he obviously didn't have a car on par with with Chase and Harvick throughout, and Truex obviously through the first uh, couple stages or what Bell had at the end. But he still was a you know top five ish car maybe 
Uh, he wound up finishing 14th on no tires. Just with how Chase drove through the field uh, after his issue, I, I don't know why anyone took two tires. I get 100% staying out. If you're going to stay out, stay out. But if you're going to come down pit road, you might as well take tires. I, I didn't get the call there. You know, it's, uh, it's funny. Christopher Bell won the race. He's Joe Gibbs' car, but... I feel like over the last couple of weeks, these JGR guys, at least one or two of them, have just not been making the right calls either on pit road or when it comes to pitting and staying out. Just, I feel like they've thrown away a ton of points across the whole organization, and it wasn't a huge amount today. But you know, for Martin Truex Jr. with his teammate winning, he's the bubble guy now. Granted, he has a pretty big points gap, but you you got to be well, a little I, pissed I, off if you're him. I, I think that's not as important, in my opinion, the gap behind him. I would be pretty surprised if Harvick caught him. I think it would take a pretty much a complete collapse of Truex. Truex has been like the master of getting stage of getting points while not necessarily finishing the best. Uh, right now in top five, see, this was the third top five of the season. And points, you got to go all the way back to Alex Bowman in 11th to get the next guy that has three or fewer top fives. So, but he's managed to get, they win. I think they, they already had the most stage wins, I think, before today. Uh, continue to have the most uh, with seven. I think they're, I think he has seven. I think then Chase and Blaney each have five. Uh, obviously, it's funny enough that two of the th- guys in the top three for stage wins don't have wins. Uh, but Truex gets the points. I think it's more important looking forward with the points he's given up. Had he not given them up, he might be right there with Blaney and that might be the position that matters more. One other guy gets a win and someone, no one else wins and someone gets in on points. That's where the fight is. Like if I'm Truex Harvick, the only thing that about Harvick, at least right now, this can change. You have a couple bad races, get an accident. Harvick does good. But right now I don't care what Harvick does unless he's winning. That's the only thing that Harvick could do if I'm Truex that I'm remotely worried about. I'm looking forward. How do you run down Ryan Blaney? I mean, honestly, you should just worry about how you win a race, but these two guys clearly can't win a race to save their lives. I mean, I don't really think either one of them have been that close until today. Like, I don't remember the last time Blaney was out there. And, you know, see, he's had some close calls early, this year. But early I don't in the year, like he, was, he was pretty good at Phoenix. I don't remember if something happened to him. Uh,. I'm sure there are other ones, but not like this. Like Truex was in command. The closest, I will say Truex at Vegas, pretty close. Obviously still has to make the pass for the lead, but clearly has the better car than Kyle would have been interesting. And it's funny if that had played out, if Truex gets past Kyle there uh, right now, Bowman's on the outside. Harvick's inside. Bowman's trying to run Harvick back down. And that's probably not happening. <laughs> not with the streak that he's had Bowman now 41 points behind Harvick that only uh, was, lasted like five laps today was I think actually ahead of him before today that's how bad the day was for him Bowman down to 11th in points won't even get any bonus points right now from the regular season championship but yeah I mean just a bad call that ultimately I, to be honest with Bell's car Bell might have won the race anyway yeah he the way he caught on there at the end. And, you know, he, he mentioned in victory lane, you know, the crew just made the right call. He made the right adjustments there. And you know, he took off, you know, once he got by chase, it was pretty much clear sailing. And the only thing that was going to slow him down was yellow was, and he didn't get it. <laughs> it was, so bell said, I don't remember. I think he may have told Jeff Burton. This it may have been Steve Latar, but he told one of them recently. He felt they were the best car at JGR. 
I've been saying for months now, since he started the streak, that they might have the most consistent card. And maybe not always the fastest. This was probably only the first time they actually had the fastest. But team-wise, they felt like the best, which is also why swapping with uh, Bubba's crew seemed uh, ill-advised, although clearly worked out for both of them, at least today. Uh, but Bell's been so solid that the amount of people... You'd look at all these lists, right, of people who thought people who would get wins. Like, every list had, like, Ryan Truex, or sorry, Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick, and then Bell would be, like, on the next year, and I'm just, I just did, never got it. Like, I get Kid only has one career win, but he's, I mean, it's hard to say he's young. He's one of the older guys for his level of experience that we've had in a while. But he's been improving so much this year. They've been so consistent. This track I had circled for him for months. I, I had this circled back in December when I made my way too early season predictions. Like it's some people are just good at certain tracks and doesn't matter what you're driving. And Christopher Bell, he just right now, I think it's fair to say he owns New Hampshire. This is his track. Just, I mean, yeah, it was, uh, he wound up getting there at the end and got the win. I uh, was, uh, it was a weird, like, there was a lot of, like, things that happened, but, like, other than, I think, Corey LaJoy, no car DNF'd outside of that, like, lap five wreck. So a lot, lot of spins, a lot of contact that had been made, but people weren't crashing after that wreck. Not out oh, of the race, well, anyway. He spun a couple times, like, very unchar- yeah, uncharacteristic day for Kyle and the 18 team, and just... You know, I don't think we talked about it on here, but he, he has just been backpedaling. We, we talked a couple months, not about this, but at one point we've talked, we've mentioned like, usually you have a guy that you look at and you're like, well, that guy's out in the first round. First of all, right now, I don't think that about anybody in the playoffs. Like with, I think it, a lot of people will probably throw like a Cindric in there, but with the way he's been performing lately, I don't think that's a guarantee. I mean, he, he, I felt like he was awful all day. Now, I, I was at the race, so I watched him all day. I'm looking at the results here. He finished 13th. Finished 13th. <laughs> got, got a solid finish at the end. The 13th, honestly, with the way that last round shakes out, three 13ths is almost certainly going to be enough to get you through. Mm-hmm. Their issue is they'll be on the bottom tier of playoff points, especially this year. Yeah. Almost, I mean, the, the way it is, everybody will have playoff points. I don't know... I guess that has happened before, because one year Boyer missed in the 11th. So that year, everyone had to have had playoff points. Uh, but everyone's getting playoff points this year, unless you have a complete collapse from true. And even then, like, Harvick would probably wind up in the top 10 still and yeah. get playoff points. Like, everyone's setting up to get playoff points. Everyone will have at least five playoff points. Unless, again, somehow Harvick gets past Truex. Well, I don't know what position pays out five playoff points in the regular season like standings. Sixth. You'd have but to get to sixth, I think. I don't think it's overly likely Harvick gets to six and Truex falls below that. So everyone will have at least five playoff points. So really, like, it's we already talked about how there's not anyone with a big gap, but it's, honestly, that gap's even smaller because there are anybody, like, the bottom of the barrel is going to be at minimum five. And actually, looking at this, in all likelihood, this might change depending on who gets that last win. If someone gets a last win, minimum might be six. Uh, Bowman has six playoff points right now. Uh, Cindric has six playoff points right now. Neither of them currently in line to get points from 
the actual uh, regular season standings. But of the people that have five that are in the playoffs right now, one's Bell, he's eighth in points. One's Blaney, he's third in points. So the floor this year might be six right now. Obviously, mm-hmm. if like a Busher goes out and wins, or uh, Brad goes out and wins, Brad will actually then... then it would go even lower than it's ever been but so it'll be it'll be real interesting but i right now i could see kyle being eliminated in the first round i think it it wouldn't i you know i'd be a little surprised just because bristol's in there like that's that's one of his you know better if not best tracks it is Bristol, so like getting caught up in an accident, not the craziest True. thing either. True. It's just, I mean, you got, what's that round now? Cause it's I, Darlington, I, Bristol. Is it, is it Texas? I think Texas is in the second round. Is it Kansas? Kansas. Kansas. That, that used to be one of his worst tracks, and that was somewhat good there. Bristol, you having think Bristol there is like a safety net. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but I would not be shocked right now if it would. I mean, with how with how they've been performing, like, you know. Like, it's one thing when you're, like, up front leading laps and things keep going wrong, but they, George is off all day today. Like, we're, I mean, I, I didn't see Denny much either, but we're probably still. He was normally behind Denny unless they use strategy to get him up front. Like, I think Denny was probably, like, back half of the top 10. Yeah. Probably, he felt like he was probably between, like, 7th and 15th all day. And for the most part, that was better than Kyle. So, this was not a not a good race for him, so I could see it. But we'll we'll talk more on that as, as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. So, looking at the finishes, and I straight up, it's almost impossible to have a top 10 as crazy as we had in the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. Uh, so, he certainly didn't, but still... Chase is obviously Christopher Bell wins. He's in the playoffs now. Uh, the TV kind of backpedaled because they're like, well, I guess he's not locked into the playoffs. But with his points position, he is pretty damn close to locked into the playoffs. Uh, so he's he, I think, can rest easy, especially with the momentum they have on their side. Uh, but second, Chase had his best career finish at Loudoun. The best finish for Hedrick Motorsports at Loudoun in a decade. Say since uh Jimmy won there, I'm guessing. Actually, I, the race after that one, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Jimmy Still. Someone finished second, I think. Or I could have it backwards. But they had two top twos that year. <laughs> I don't remember if Jimmy won the first race or the second race. Who won the first race. So then the second race, someone finished second. I cannot remember off the top of my head who it was. But either way, yeah, since that year, first, first top two for them. Uh, and now four top twos in a row. I'd have to look back. I'm almost positive that's. Never happened for him before. Could have, obviously. He's a little bit harder on himself than I think he should be. Kind of <laughs> standard Chase Elliott for you, oh, to be man. honest. That was classic Chase Elliott in his interview after the race today. Um, just saying Christopher Bell could have been in my car and he still would have won. But <laughs> he, I mean, that's probably true, but I think this is more to say just how good Christopher Bell is yeah. at this track, to be honest. Uh, but has gone now from, I believe, at one point, a single-digit point lead over Kyle Busch to now a full-race lead on, uh, I believe, Ross Chastain is in second. Yeah. Now. So uh, a good turnaround from like having a pretty good lead to losing it, getting it back. Obviously, it could all go away again, but he's sitting pretty. And I will say, Loudon going into this race of tracks that are on the schedule that he's ran more than twice at. So 
excluding Gateway, Nashville, although Nashville's only this low because of the DQ, uh, Kentucky and Indy because they're not Indy Oval because they're not on the schedule anymore. Of the tracks on the schedule, this is was his going into it his fourth worst track, an average finish, and unlike some of the other tracks where you're like, well, he still ran good. He never really ran that good here. Like he had moments like his car was decent last year, but then it faded way off at the end. If this is what he does at his bad tracks, the, he might get two, three more wins before we get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that after he won Atlanta. And, and I got to say, he's driving a little bit differently right now. We, we saw it at Atlanta with how he got up on the wheel and made those moves to get back to the lead on that last restart there last week. He made some moves on the last restart this week, and ultimately it didn't result in the win because Christopher Bell just chased him down. Nothing, nothing he could do about that. But you know, able, you know, they got buried back there a little bit just because you know different strategies on that last pit stop. People stayed out, and it it felt like almost immediately he went from probably I don't know, it looked like he was seventh or eighth to like third, just like that. And that's not something I think we've really seen out of Chase Elliott over his career. I think he kind of, you know, normally would get that rap as that nice guy, you know, maybe not aggressive enough, kind of lays back. And, you know, last couple of weeks, he's, uh, he's taking it to a different level. He's, uh, looked like that Chase Elliott that went from like six to first and two laps at Darlington in the Xfinity series back in 2014. And if he does that, he's really, really hard to beat. Well, we got two road courses, one of them, uh, Indy road course. He was okay at, not great last year, not compared to the other ones. Watkins Glen, probably his best track. Michigan, a track he should have at least a win at by this point. Uh, Richmond will actually be a pretty good test uh, when we go back there. I don't know when that is. Three weeks? Four weeks? Yeah, a couple uh, weeks. Because that is another one of his tracks that his average finish isn't that bad because they usually don't wreck, but they usually ran like 15th the whole time. Uh, had some speed earlier in the year, so that'll be interesting. Uh, and then Daytona. and There might be a track somewhere in there I'm missing. I don't feel like there is, though. Which, I mean, there's not many left, so. No. Uh, on to our third place finisher, Bubba Wallace. Uh, I don't remember who it was in the broadcast, but someone said, is this, in their, in, in their opinion, he was having the best race of his career. And I'm inclined to agree with that. Spent almost the entire race in the top five. Uh, actually, the pit crew, too, they, I mean, they were under such heavy scrutiny. Uh, on the Peacock pit box, they were openly talking about it. Every time he came to pit road, all they were doing was watching Bubba's pit crew, and they had a slip up or two. But I mean, I'm sure Bubba will take that compared to some of the issues they were having before. I mean, I I don't remember a time where Bubba like I think he was in the top ten pretty much all day. Yeah, I don't know if he ever was not in the top ten. If he was, it was one of the sequences of pit stops where a few people stayed out, and I don't even think he was then. Uh, so yeah, second top five of the season. And I didn't realize this until someone on the broadcast said this, but this is the first top five at a track less than two and a half miles in length. Wow. Because uh, he has top five at Indy. He has, I think, Michigan, maybe. Michigan. Well, now Michigan's two. Did you say two and a half? Two, two, yeah. Sorry. So then it's Indy. Maybe, maybe Pocono he got a top five at. I think he did get a top five at Pocono last he year, actually. Yeah, that sounds like it might be right. Uh, tied last year's top ten mark, which... I mean, it's to be expected. They clearly have more speed this year. Uh, and I think is inking his way. And like, if he just won at Michigan, 
wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. I mean, uh, with, we don't know how these cars are going to race at Michigan. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it races like a play track, I'm not saying it will, but if it does, he's definitely going to be in contention. I just this Kansas when they don't have things break, they they've ran well again, uh, and even if they don't make it this year with the speed they have and the changes I expect to be made if necessary over the offseason, I fully think he will be a playoff contender next year. Unfortunately, by this point, he will have to win to get in. So, But I, I am fully confident he will be a playoff contender next year. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. brought home fourth. Another, another You mentioned it in our, our uh, preview. Another always comes to loud and always has a great card, just never wins. and. Street another, continues. Another one for uh, for him. I mentioned he's a cut line driver. Is up over sixty on Harvick, and just it is. He's on pace for his fewest top fives since twenty fourteen. It's been such a weird year for him. Sitting fourth in points, so can't be too upset about that. Only three top fives, and at the current rate, would finish only beating among recent seasons, uh, two thousand fourteen, where he got one. Uh, it, it's just been a, a a weird year for them. Uh, Harvick brought it home fifth. Uh, he had a great car, but I, I mean, he can't be happy. Honestly, this was one of his better tracks and they, instead of leaving, you know, I think a pretty big dog to pass bell in points just with bell speed, but it was a, a, a possibility still and left now almost certainly having to win to get in. I mean, he was chipping away. He was going to leave here gaining points on him until Christopher Bell took the lead and won that race. So it was, you know, yeah, even, looking like it was going to be a solid, you know, positive day for him. And it just wasn't with, meant to be. Even with, like, if Bell had finished second, Harvick still gains five points on him. Yeah. And instead, Bell won, and now Harvick lost a bunch of points to the cut line. Like I said, now 60 back. Another one that, like, I just see, I saw this comment. Those people like, oh, I mean, he said, statistically had such a, great year and i'm like what do you like yeah he has the fourth best average finish in the series like that's good but he's on pace for as few as top five since at least 2013 mathematically probably since 2012 uh fewest top tens since 2012 almost certainly uh he's on pace to lead like 30 laps if even it's it's kind of like the Jimmy Johnson treatment, the way fans were, you know, giving it to him at the end of his career, where they just try to come up with other reasons. Because I honestly, I think a lot of these people that are saying this, these are guys that have been, you know, just staples in the series, and they're getting to the end of their career. You don't want to see them go out, you know, for lack of a better word, just you know, mediocre. And I, I think people are probably just trying to grasp at things to make it sound like, oh, it's okay, he's going to turn it around. Oh, it's not Harvick's fault. Like, I'm sorry, this is this is what Kevin Harvick is now, in my opinion. When you look at how his teammates run, I'm inclined to agree. Last year, I bought that he was certainly being held back by his equipment. This year, if he's being held back by his equipment, he's still not by far the best driver on that team. Like, I know that he's had his issues, but... Chase Briscoe could be sitting here with three wins. Uh, Eric Almarola is not as far behind in point, him in points as you would expect him to be. And it took up until recently for Harvick to even pass him. And also, I think people just want to just throw that out there. It's like Eric Almarola is not Kevin Harvick. He should not be that no, close that's, to Kevin that's Harvick. That's exactly my points. point. 
Right. Exactly my point. If mm-hmm. if it was just equipment and Amarola's finishing where he's been finishing, you'd expect Harvick to still be able to easily get top fives. And this was only his fifth of the season, uh, far beyond behind the pace that we would normally expect. Uh, numbers currently on pace just to be behind last year, period. Uh, last year had a 10.9 average finish still, and this year's at the 12.6. Now, everyone has a lower average finish, almost everyone, than they did last year just because no one's really gone out and dominated. But last year, like there was a legitimate argument when you looked at it that he was being held back by equipment because he was running six to seven. Eric Almarola, who had been, you know, a c- occasional top ten contender, was running in the twenties, as was Briscoe and Custer. So you looked at that and it's like, well, if Almarola took that much of a step back, it's possible Harvick's being held back by his equipment. And you especially saw it towards the end of the year where he started to contend more. And then this year, his teammates are just too close to him for me to buy that that he's being held back by just his equipment. Is it possible that Stuart Haas is still maybe like right now, like B plus B equipment? Sure. But I don't think Harvick would be out here winning a bunch of races, even if it was better. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it. It's like when, when I say like, this is what Harvick is and people want to throw out the equipment. I, I don't think Stuart Haas is like a plus tier right now. I think I normally get into that argument with people when we entertain the idea about Kyle Busch going there and the people say, well, that's a huge step down from JGR to SHR. It's like, it's not a huge step down. It's, it's a little bit of a step with how they've been driving, but don't make it out to be like Stuart Haas is running. Like we, I don't know, expect front row to be running. Cause some people want to go out and act like that. And that's just not the case. Agreed. A hundred percent. Uh, a couple other guys I have just with finishes I want to highlight. Brad, Brad Kozlowski, uh, brought him seventh, recovered from that very strange incident with Austin Dillon for his third top ten of the season. He's now, for the first time since his penalty, is n- higher than 30th in points, uh, sitting 29th. Uh, this is one of his best tracks. But, I mean, it showed that they're still Brad still has speed. They can still race. The organization is still behind. Uh, Busher didn't have a great day, but they, they're, it's not just that Brad's forgotten how to drive. And I, I think that's been clear, but he has been finishing behind Chris Busher. Not always his fault a lot, but I think they're working in that. Hopefully this is a continued step in the right direction. I, if they add themselves to that list of like competitive teams for next year, you think the playoff fight's crazy this year. Ooh. Uh, Kurt Busch, despite having to pit pretty late in the race, drove back, finished 10th. Those fresh tires really helped him, that's for sure. Uh, Could have had a shot at the top five if he had stayed on strategy with everyone else. Uh, Could have had a shot at a win if the caution had come out uh, at some point while he was leading. So uh, another sol- a solid day. Uh, they, him and Bubba both qualified great. Ran great all race. Uh, just a great day for twenty three eleven. I mean, they, overall, I, I know that they've twenty three eleven. They they finished in the top ten both cars in both stages, and they both finished in the top ten in the race. I'm pretty sure if, that's the first time that's happened. Yeah, I'd say if they didn't have their issues at Kansas, at Kansas would be slam dunk the better race, the, the best race they've had in their existence. You probably still yeah. give Kansas it because Kurt did win. Bubba did finish, I think, tenth in that race. Yeah, uh, got a top ten at least. I know that. Uh, so Kansas is probably slightly ahead of it. Uh, would be like I said, slam dunk if the, Bubba has a flawless race there, but still just a, a great race for them. 
they're getting buried by Trackhouse right now. Uh, there's, they will, for a long time, face comparisons to them, even though there is some differences uh, in there. Um, Trackhouse obviously got a big boost by being able to acquire Ganassi, and there were assets available there. Uh, although, you know, 2311 has a pretty strong connection with JGR, so there's, there's always going to be comparisons between the two, uh, but it's good for the, to see them have a good run. Uh, not to be outdone, Trackhouse made sure to put two cars in the, the top ten as well, just for good measure. But uh, And now that it's the top ten, and it's pretty sad I felt the need to highlight this, but William Byron did finish 11th, which is his best finish on the Oval since he won to Martinsville. Uh, might be in a battle here with Bowman for that last uh, playoff point from the regular season standings. I think William Byron's team needs the semi to every race the rest of the year. Maybe, I maybe. I think that's what they need to do. Uh, don't have a lot to say for the overall point, just because similar to the the Xfinity series, in terms of points itself for now, the battle's not all that exciting. It could obviously change with winners we get. Although there is a battle, and we'll track it more, I think, if we get one more winner. But I do want to know, right now, 24 points separate the five lowest cars with one win. Cindric uh, Busher, or sorry, Cindric Kurt Busch, Daniel Suarez, Tyler Reddick, and Chase Briscoe, who's currently at the bottom. So, especially if we get a winner that is Kevin Harvick, even Eric Almirola, although he would just add his name to this list, uh, Ryan, Ryan Blaney or Martin Truex, then this becomes a battle that's pretty important to look at with Daytona being the regular season finale. So, just something to keep an eye on for now. We won't pay too much attention to them until we get one more winner, which I think we're going to get. I, I think we're going to get one. I think we're going to get one before Daytona. Whether or not we get one at Daytona, I feel like we'll always be cursed by Daytona tank dangling this fruit in front of us. Of, man, look, someone's going to race their way in, and it'll just never happen. But I think we will get one before Daytona. And, and it won't be like last year where it's like A.J. Allmendinger winning No, it no, in no. <laughs> there, no, I mean, A.J. Allmendinger could win at Indy again. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to count him out. Too but crazy, would, though. That wouldn't be it. That wouldn't be it. I, yeah. I mean, I... I know that he got fortunate last year, but I mean, Michigan has to be a track circled for Blaney and Richmond has to have three circles on it for Truex at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's been one, good there. One thing I want to say real quick, uh, cause I saw a lot of, a lot of talk of this picked up about, and there, there are two different like camps on, on at least on Reddit right now, but a lot of people that are, talking about how awful it's going to be that Harvick's going to finish like eighth in the regular season standings and then like 16th in the playoff standings. And yeah, that sucks. But at the end of the day, like this is not, I get some of the frustration with the chase itself for the playoffs itself a lot. Cause it's just three races. It's such a small sample size. Mo obviously a majority of drivers not going to win in those three races. You could get undone by things that are not your own fault. In the regular season, you have 26 races to win a race. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be real sad if Ryan Blaney misses while second in points, but you're second in points. You should have won a race. Listen, what I want to see happen more than anything right now, just let it all burn. Let it all burn and watch what NASCAR... NASCAR probably won't do anything, and honestly, if they did something in reaction to what I'm about to say, I, I think they'd be dumb, even though I'm not a fan of, you know, just the playoffs. I'm, I'm definitely more of a traditionalist, but by some chance, if Ryan Blaney misses the playoffs, and then let's say Chase backslides and Ryan Blaney goes on a tear in the playoffs, 
and ends the season with the most points while finishing 17th in points, I'm all for that. I am all for that. The the wildfire that that would bring in the fandom would be pretty entertaining to watch. Does he still go winless, or does he win in the playoffs? Oh boy, that'd be that. Uh, he's got no. We gotta we gotta have like Ryan Blaney miss the playoffs, and then have like a Tony Stewart two thousand six okay, okay playoff okay. run. That's okay. what we need to have happen. That's what we need to have happen. Just win these meaningless Ryan, races because you're out. Ryan Blaney fans might just off themselves, but they might, they might, but <laughs> they might, but it, you know. Like I said, I've I don't think I've ever really been a fan of the playoffs, but I've come to grow and, you know, accept it. And it is entertaining. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not entertaining. I, it definitely is. I especially have a problem this year because like yeah, obviously Ryan Blaney should be good enough to win. But I have a hard time looking at any of these 14 drivers of wins right now. And say they've not been in the top sixteen drivers in the season so far. Yeah, this, this isn't like you've seen years before, like Busher. Busher. I, I was going to throw out. Granted, you know, I, AJ in twenty fourteen, Amarola in twenty fourteen. Like those guys had no business being a little bit more. AJ was a, just a regular race. It was obviously yeah. well, well. I meant I meant in terms of just like how you get into the playoffs because yeah. yeah, he he earned that win. But he was what, like, probably in the mid twenties in points. Probably, probably. Right, right. And that, and no, no, that's I what I'm getting at. I don't. I'm with you. I don't feel like any of these guys that have won races right now like, are wasting a playoff spot. Uh, people could argue Cindric because it was the 500, but he's been a lot better lately. And you can argue Briscoe, and I would almost buy that if those uh, races at Dirt Bristol and the Charlotte uh, and the six uh, six hundred yeah. didn't happen. Because obviously it's his fault, but he was in straight up contention to win both of those races. Nothing he could really do at Dirt Bristol. I think at the 600, there's legitimately a chance if he doesn't send it there, he gets another chance to send it. Dirt I, Bristol, I obviously, I'm, nothing he could do. But. I think a more experienced driver probably passes Larson and wins the 600. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. but he's been up there. Like, obviously, right now he's, and even right now, it's funny. I think Danny might be, maybe Briscoe 17th. But Denny, I think, actually might be the only driver right now, actually outside the top 16, that has a win. Yeah, Br- um, Briscoe is nine points behind Tyler Reddick. He's okay. tied for 17th, it looks like, with Eric Jones. All right, so like, then, he's... Yeah, it's like 25, 30 points back to Denny Hamlin in 19th. Like, there's a, there's a bit of a gap there between them. But even then, still, like, these aren't guys... It's not like we have three guys in the 20s and points who've won race. Could I... we, by the end... By the end I guess maybe I certainly don't think so, but might have one. I I think one of the two the two things will happen is that Ryan Blaine or Martin Truex Jr. is going to miss the playoffs, or a driver is going to win at Daytona that does not have a win, but they're going to be too far back in points. They're not even going to get in. That would be insane because that also kills the like winning your in thing, you know? Right. Which, not like NASCAR could do anything about that, but that's the whole point of putting Daytona where they put it. Mm-hmm. So it'd be pretty funny. Like, I guess, like, technically William Byron won and he was in, but he was already in. If he had finished second, he's still in. I think for it to really satisfy that, it has to be somewhere where, like, if they finish second, they miss the playoffs. And 
Brad's sitting there 29th in points now. It might not matter. It might not matter. Might not. Den House in 25th. Yeah. Like, even a McDowell in 21st. Austin Dillon in 20th. It's entirely possible that by the time we get to Daytona, they are far back enough that a win will not put them in yeah, if I mean, we I, get Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. to win. I'm just looking at it right now with, with Briscoe being that guy because Denny has two wins, so he's fine. Yeah, Denny's safe. Denny's safe. Right. You're, you're, you're looking at Briscoe, and I'm just doing the math quickly in my head. If if he's not over a race, it's pretty damn close. Yeah, like it, Austin to, Dillon is right around Austin there. Austin Dillon, it looks like it is... 53 points. That's that's almost a whole race right there. To, to chase Briscoe. So it's very, very close. I mean, we, we could be in a situation. Actually, my math was wrong. I added Chase Briscoe's in there. Looks like he's just uh, uh, 44, which is still pretty close to a race. Well, there's a not so unrealistic chance where we go to Daytona and Eric Jones is the only one that could win to get into the playoffs and he would need help. Man, wouldn't it be crazy, though, if even he wasn't eligible? So we literally go there, and the playoffs are settled? <laughs> oh, man. NASCAR would be scrambling for some rule changes like Harvick, for next year. It would be hard, actually, in hindsight. Harvick and Eric would have to, like, completely collapse. Eric Almirola, that is. Completely collapse in points. Two. I, I kind of forgot that we have four guys in the top that's that are, uh, in the top 16 now that uh, don't have wins. Only two are out right now. But Yeah, I just we have all this stuff and we're either I'd, at this point we're getting to at least 15. I'm well, Every time someone wins, they go, well, you know how is it going to keep happening? And as long as, and now it's a, like we're at that point. Ryan Truett, or Ryan, we're going to keep doing it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did it a third time, but I stopped. Uh. It's not my fault, man. That's literally his brother's name. Uh, at least you're not saying Ryan Truex Jr. I'm not going Martin Blaney. Like, <laughs> uh, right. The entire time I've always argued, when you look at the guys that we don't have that have wins versus the guys in the previous years that didn't have wins that are like your to get to 17 or 16, either one really works. This list, since pretty early on, was like unlike any other list we had. Where you look at the guys and how they're performing, it's like, yeah, we actually do, with even ignoring plate tracks, we are sitting here, and yeah, we could get, you know, how many ever different winners that is, 17, 16. Where in years past, it was like, maybe we could get to 15 if we're lucky. And now you have three guys, obviously Harvick has not had a lot of speed, but three guys that are, two, two of them are champions. And one of them wins a race, at least one race every year mm -hmm. since when 2017. Uh, mm -hmm. If just they win, we're at 17 now. Mm -hmm. And we haven't had a crazy winner other than. I, I, I guess you could go Cindric. Yeah. And like he's 13th in points, so. <laughs> like even by the time that Ross Chastain won at Coda, everyone already had him penciled in for a win at some point this year. Yeah. So he, he was him. He was probably the top name on the list. And a lot of people were like, yeah, he's not going to win. Maybe Kurt Busch, just because there were some doubts about twenty three eleven, and Ross 
by the time he won, we're like, yeah, he's going to win. Reddick, it was a finally. Briscoe might be like the second craziest one, honestly. I'll be honest. I, I thought he was going to win this year. Not Again, kind of like Cindric, not where he ended up winning, but I wasn't shocked by it. No, I wasn't shocked, but I, I mean, I think it's pretty fair. That's probably the second craziest yeah. one. I would, uh, I would agree with that. So I uh, think we're going to get to at least 16. We're going to at least 15 for sure before Daytona. That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I, I think we're going to get to 15. I, I really hope, do. I just don't I hope know. I we get to 16 because I'll take my parade lap and all those people that I get it when we're at three winners in three races and people are like, oh, can we get to 16 winners this year? It's like, shut up. But right, once so- we were at like eight and we, I, do we have, no, we didn't have eight. We had seven, right? When, like back I, at- when it, Whenever it's race eight, I'm pretty sure Coda was, or D- Dega was, Actually, race eight, you know, William Byron, he was the first repeat winner. Okay. That was race eight. Yeah. So we had so seven. By that point, we had seven. You look at the guys that didn't have wins. It felt possible. And then it just kept happening. So what, what do you think is more likely to happen? We get to, you know, what would you say? You think we could get to 16 before Daytona or 15 before Daytona? Yeah, I think I think I, I'm pretty heavy on at least 15. So I what, think, think Blaney or Truex pulls out a win. So. All right. That, all right. Because I was going to say, like. What's going to make it hard is if someone like Chase Elliott here just really goes on a tear. Well, listen, if Chase was here, he's still not going to win Richmond. Truex will just win Richmond. Yeah, there you go. That's fair. I'll give you that. Can't really argue that one. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty close. It looked like he had won Richmond, and then he didn't. Uh, but it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I think 15 is definitely going to happen. Before Daytona, join me. Before, before, before Daytona. I, I'm leaning that way. I am leaning that way. I think we're going to get the... I think we're going to get the 15 before Daytona. I mean, because here's the thing, and this is why I, I would take so much pride in if we did it. I think you probably can remember in years past, I was never on the, like, no, we're not going to get to 16 winners. Like, how do we get there? I would laugh at people when they said that. How would that. we get there? Because it would require, like, anytime you really require even two crazy winners at the plate tracks, you're probably pushing it. Uh... And so I was always like, no, it's not possible. And from pretty early on this year, I was saying it was possible. And just, I mean, doesn't think yeah, Chase is probably our breakout guy right now in terms of like the leader. He's got three wins. Like, I think I think Chase is gonna have. I think he'll get at least one more win before we get to Daytona, and I think we're gonna have somebody else win. I. That's what I think. Listen. That's great. That's great. That's nice. I just, if Chase is going to win one more race, just have it be Watkins Glen. It's safe. It's easy. He can continue to become the king of the road courses. Nah, he's, he's going to like win Michigan. <laughs> I, really what I I'm want is, I'm, I'm going to be kidding. honest, what I really want is the Southern 500. Well, that's in the playoffs, so we, don't, we, we can talk about that then. There's only two things I want. One's already been taken away from me this year by a toe link. It was Charlotte. Uh, well, who, who knows what could have happened? That was, that was very early in that Charlotte. Sure, race, sure, but even the, the chance, just the yeah. chance. 
Those two, they they got away from them, that's for sure. But it's gonna be oh, fun. Remember gonna be fun. real quick the betting. I can go over it real quick. You can. Well, go I was just gonna thing. jump right into that because oh, okay. I, mean, I I forgot about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because we're wrapping up just the everything going on here with you know the winners and what we're gonna get at. Because I did mention it a couple times now. We had a really really good day betting. Well, I did anyways. You can't bet unfortunately, but break it down. Let's uh, let's go over how we did. Well, real quick, just on our picks. Uh, for our pick to win, you took Byron. I had Gibbs. Hard to say for sure who would have won. I think Gibbs is probably a little bit better than Byron. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter because neither of them... Well, Gibbs did finish the race, but neither of them finished anywhere near the lead lap. For our betting race winner, I took Brandon Jones, who was not running all that great before he died in a car crash. Not really. That's a joke. (laughs) Uh, But his car did die, that's for sure. And you had Riley Herbst, who was... His car also died, yeah. Josh Berry wreck, right? (laughs) Yep. So that didn't work out for either of them. I had Brandon Jones over Sam Mayer, and even with Brandon Jones not running that great, he was still running better than Sam Mayer, but then again, he got taken, I think, in the Almondinger wreck, which, speaking yep. of Almondinger, you had Bane over Almondinger, and that wound up being right, and would have been right without the wreck, so. In our pick to win, you had Truex, I had Kyle Busch, uh, you were definitely right in that one, and should just be right overall, but it didn't work out as my betting race winner... Christopher Bell won the race. And we didn't talk about this, but Eric Almarola, who was running okay, uh, lost, I think, every gear but third. Yeah, I I did catch that on the scanner. He was saying at this point, so I don't know if it got worse, but I did catch this where he was saying he could get up into fifth gear, but he had to, like, clutch it. And if he let go of the clutch, the thing just started spazzing out and going all over the place. So that was... Uh very weird <laughs> yeah so who's running top 10 I, from whenever i remember seeing him anyway he's having a uh, solid day just uh yeah mechanical and, problem and, and hey you know christopher bell wasn't running great he was running good but not great so who knows what almarola could have pulled off but mechanical problems really i think ended his shot at the playoffs outside of daytona mm-hmm. uh in our group bets uh not great but i mean you know if you only get half of them right when you pick four people it's not that bad uh, for Group A, it was Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Larson. And, well, Chase Elliott finished second, and uh, none of those other guys even finished in the top ten. Yeah. Not at all what I expected, that's for sure. I agree with that 100%. Well, uh, we did the podcast anyways. It, so yeah. <laughs> in, in Group B, I'm going to just keep talking bad about Chevy. Maybe they'll just keep winning, which is good for me. Uh, in Group B, uh, it was Joy Logano. Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and Ross Chastain. Uh, other than, Le- I mean, even Logano was up there, but those other three guys all had decent cars, but at the end of the race anyway, but Truex was already up front and had a good enough car that even on two tires, he was able to bring it home fourth. So you did get that one as you picked Martin Truex Jr., and I picked Denny Hamlin, <sighs> which I'm not sad about. I'm glad Truex beat Hamlin. Uh, in Group C, Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, William Byron, and Tyler Reddick. Well, we both picked Christopher Bell, and Christopher Bell won the race. And in Group D, Chase Briscoe, Daniel Suarez, Alex Bowman, and Austin Sindrick. Uh, Daniel Suarez did get a top 10. I don't remember exactly where he finished. But I will say, for what his odds were, I would still take Sindrick every time. Yeah, I know. plus 500. I, I don't feel bad about that. I think finished second in, uh, in that group. 
Mm-hmm. So, and only like a handful of spots bef- behind uh, Daniel Suarez, who very invisible all day, but got brought home a solid finish. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, Ross kind of was too, if it wasn't for the fact he was around Denny and you're yeah. holding your breath, like waiting for something <laughs> yeah, to happen. <laughs> it was on TV a lot. It'll continue to be. This has been great. It's been oh. great. And I was kind of on the side that I think Denny just needs to pay him back. If TV's going to keep doing this, I love it. I love it because. It was good. Oh. <laughs> like I, I even watch it on TV. I know they were running nose to tail, and Denny sent it off into turn one one time, and I'm on the edge of my seat, like, "Oh, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen?" And he's he's good at messing with them. I'll I'll say that it's definitely entertaining watching those two go at it. That's for sure. But we can finish off with your own personal results. I mean, hey, you know, just uh, it was a good betting day. Uh, I will say, definitely hammered the Truex and the bell pit in terms of the group bets. Um, you know, there was also a couple parlay plays, which of course I forgot to post on the Twitter account, but you know, we were hey, able to hit know, a pretty big parlay I'll, there. I'll excuse you for that this week. Since, you know, you were at the racetrack. I, I will say, I forgot to do it at, I think road America too. And I hit one there. So maybe I should just stop for my own personal <laughs> gains, but you know, those two, two big wins over the last couple weeks there. Um, Kind of scattered some bets around. Did bet on Christopher Bell, so made a little bit of money there in terms of him winning the race, and had Chase as the top finishing Chevy. Which, you know, when we recorded the podcast earlier in the week, you know, before everything, before not on your radar. Yeah, before, before qualifying. qualifying. Before qualifying. But you know, after after qualifying, it looked like hey, Chase might have a good day, and you know, he only led thirteen laps, but he was you know right up there for most of the race. It, like you said, probably his best performance at new hampshire ever um and if he if he keeps running like that at tracks you don't expect him to i can't say you know put a sharpie on marking him to the final four but i i it's looking pretty good if you're a chase elliott fan right now he's just he's doing stuff at this point in the year that i don't think we've seen him do even the year that he won the championship this might be the best he's looked as a driver at the cup level in his career. So it'll be interesting to just keep an eye on him and see what he could do moving forward. But, uh, any final thoughts, Mark, uh, for a track that usually is okay. It was a pretty good weekend. I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, you had a very wild Xfinity race and the cup series races over the last couple of years here at New Hampshire have been getting better. Kind of, I think a lot of people, too, if you go on social media, it, it kind of has that feel like Auto Club when they really started getting racy there, like in the beginning of the 2010s, and people really started to uh, change their opinion on that track. It hasn't been to that extent, but I think you've seen that over the last couple of years with New Hampshire, that it's been getting a little bit more racier for whatever reason, and it's uh it's been putting on a good show. So I was glad to be there. Um, you know, last... Less two races there, man. Christopher Bell and Eric Amarola. Bell's not a surprising winner, but just in terms of the lack of career wins that the guys have gotten there, it's pretty cool to see somebody that, you know, at least to this point in their careers, you know, they don't have a lot of wins. So congratulations to Justin Allgaier. Congratulations to Christopher Bell. Two wins at New Hampshire for both of them this weekend. And, uh, you know, it was, like Mark said, pretty, pretty solid weekend of racing. So... Until next time, guys, thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown, and we will be back at it later on in the week with a preview for Pocono.
Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.